Hi friends, welcome to the first season of Invest Your Best with Allie Kay. Come and join me as I casually explore what it takes to live your best life mentally, physically, and spiritually by focusing on the things you can control, your thinking and actions. Nothing is off the table as I discuss, share personal experiences, as well as interview guests that will give you insight and understanding what it takes to step into action in many different areas of your lives. We'll be covering areas such as fitness, health, motherhood, and entrepreneurship. It's time to invest your best. Hey guys, welcome to the Invest Your Best podcast. I am your host, Allie Kay. Thank you again for tuning in. And on this episode, I am just going to go for it and have that open conversation about alcohol. So I'm thinking this episode might be a little difficult for me, but with social media, I've always promised myself that I'm going to be open and raw about what I'm going through. And I think back on some of the hardest times of my life, and I just think that if I had someone opening up and sharing their experience of something that I can relate to, then that would have helped me and inspired me so much to just hear other people's stories, other people's experience that had gone through what I was going through at that time to really just give me perspective and just inspiration to keep pushing forward. So this episode is going to all be about alcohol and I'm just kind of going to have that open discussion really with myself and with all of you to just share the pros and cons of alcohol and its effect on my life. And if it's something that I want to continue incorporating in my life and does it really support my goals. So some of you guys might not know this, but I actually have my master's in psychology and clinical mental health counseling. So basically I took the state exam to diagnose and treat mental health disorders. So it's funny because I definitely have a clinical perspective on alcohol use disorder. And the way we diagnose mental disorders is from this book, wonderful book called the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. And basically... All the disorders are in this book, and there's specific criteria that one has to meet in order to be diagnosed with a disorder. And really, when I think of a mental health disorder, it is something that gets in the way of your daily functioning, your daily life. Um, That's when it becomes a disorder. So I just want to read to you the diagnostic criteria for alcohol use disorder. And basically you have to have two of these criterias or meet two of these criterias in a 12-month period. And I'm not going to read all of them. I just want to read some of them just to give you perspective on the clinical diagnosis of alcohol use disorder. So some of the criteria includes alcohol is often taken in larger amounts or over a longer period than was intended. There is a persistent desire or unsuccessful efforts to cut down or control alcohol use. 
craving or a strong desire or urge to use alcohol, um, reoccurring alcohol use in situations in which it is physically hazardous, and tolerance as defined by either of the following, a need for markedly increased amounts of alcohol to achieve intoxication or desired effect, or a markedly diminished effect with continued use of the same amount of alcohol. So these are just like some of the diagnostic criteria that need to be met in order to be clinically diagnosed with alcohol use disorder. And it's funny because I read some of these and I'm like, oh, shoot, I meet some of this diagnostic criteria to be diagnosed with alcohol use disorder. But before I label myself with an alcohol use disorder, I just want to give you background of my alcohol intake. So I am not one to really drink a lot. Definitely during quarantine, I drink more than I ever have in my life. And it kind of got to this bad habit where three o'clock would roll around and my husband and I would look at each other after homeschooling the kids and doing work around the house and would be like, hey, you want to have a cocktail? Is it cocktail hour? And we would drink around three or four. And that would be kind of like our routine every week. And I really started to feel the negative effects of alcohol where, you know, even after two drinks, I cannot sleep for the night. I start having anxiety and think of like everything I've said or everything I've done or haven't done or everything I need to do, you know, just that anxiety that keeps you up where your mind is racing and I wouldn't get a good night's sleep. And then the next day I would be hungover and not feeling my best. Therefore, you know, I wasn't a great homeschool parent. It was harder to get my 30 minutes of movement in. I tend to want greasy food when I'm hungover. And then we would have cocktail hour again at 3 p.m. And it would just be this spiral, this, you know, cycle of drinking. And I know some of you guys can relate to that. You know, quarantine is such a difficult time. And, you know, we've we've all never gone through this and we're all just coping and trying to survive. And I know like the statistics for alcohol use amongst the world is up. You know, people are drinking a lot more because it's it's a coping strategy. And I think once my kids went back to school, I really got a grip on drinking And I'm not one to come home from a hard days of work and pour myself a glass of wine. I used to do that in my early 20s. But again, I am very sensitive to alcohol, meaning like even one glass of wine, even if it's like the most expensive wine from Italy, I am hungover the next day. Like I just don't feel like myself. I'm slow. I crave you know, greasy food. I don't get that good night's sleep in. And it just, it really negatively affects me. My problem with alcohol is I am definitely a social drinker. So I am one to really loosen up when I have a couple drinks. And when we go out with friends, I also have a very like I want to say an addictive personality where I cannot just pour myself one drink. So if we're out with friends, I don't know when to stop. You know, if people are ordering drinks around me, I have to order drinks around me. Even if I go into 
that dinner for the night or whatever we're doing. And I tell myself, hey, Allie, we're just going to have two drinks tonight and that's it. You know, you don't want to feel really bad tomorrow. Like even if I tell myself going into that social event that I'm going to limit the amount of drinks, I can never follow through with that. You know, once someone's like, hey, you want a drink? I'm like, yeah, let's have a drink. You know, there's just no control over that. And I think my husband definitely sees it more and more where he knows like, you know, the next day I'm not going to feel good. And, you know, I might get sloppy and say stuff I don't necessarily want to say. And, you know, all this stuff that happens when you drink a lot. So even when he tries to tell me, hey, you might want to cut yourself off, I can't do it. And I get angry with him too, because he's one person to tell me like, in my mind, I think when I'm drinking, I'm like, oh, he doesn't want me to have fun. But really he's like, hey, Allie, you remember what you said? You don't want to drink like this. So really my issue with drinking is that social drinking and really limiting myself how many drinks I have. And I've really tried to dive deep into why it is that I drink so much socially and why is it that I can't limit myself. And even when, you know, we have a night where I drink a lot and I say things I don't mean to say and my husband and I get in a fight and then the next weekend, you know, I do it again. And it's kind of like that insanity, you know, when you repeat things over and over expecting different results. It's the definition of insanity. And it's really made me stop to reevaluate what's really going on because I want to change. What, how I'm drinking right now socially is not working out for me. It's not supporting my goals. It's not supporting, you know, my physical goals because the next day, you know, I do binge and I lose my progress that I'm working towards, but it's also not supporting the goal I have for myself on who I want to be and you know, the person I I strive to be. It's just it's not supporting those goals. So I really have done a lot of soul searching to try to understand what's going on so that I really can make a change. So growing up, I've definitely struggled with social anxiety disorder. If you are a middle child and you truly believe in birth order, which I think is like a real thing, if if you want to know more about birth order, just Google it. You know, the first child is that go-getter, you know, very structured, just first child. Middle child tends to be that people pleaser. And the third child just really doesn't care. They just march to their own drum. Just Google birth order and DM me. I'd love to know if you think birth order is a real thing. Maybe you can see it in yourself or even like your kids. But I am the middle child and I grew up a people pleaser. And as a result, I really struggled with social anxiety disorder because I really didn't know who I was as a person because I was trying to be everything I thought other people wanted me to be. And I've done a lot of work on myself to really overcome this problem. And that's why I always say that I'm a recovering people pleaser, but I really am. And I think even with social events, even if it's like friends that I've known for a long time or family or whoever, I still get that a little bit of anxiety. And I definitely think alcohol 
in those situations is a coping strategy for me. One thing I've talked about before on this podcast is self-talk. And I know I'm very aware of my self-talk that I need to work on. And, you know, going into social events, I still have that self-talk that contributes to social anxiety. And, you know, that self-talk is, you know, they might not like you. You need to prove yourself to be likable. And, you know, are you good enough? You might not be good enough for this group. You know, that those kind of things that you tell yourself that you start to believe. And I think that's where one of my coping strategies with drinking a lot in social settings has really built a reputation for me where I've become fun alley when I drink. You know, I get silly and I do funny dances that make people laugh. And I almost like dumb myself down in order to be liked. And and in order to do that, I have to keep drinking more. And I ask myself, you know, are they going to like me if I don't drink? Because when I don't drink, then I'm not fun, Allie. And I think this is really the depth of why I need to drink so much in social settings. But knowing this, I really want and I'm going to make a change. And this is my plan. My plan is actually to not stop drinking. And the reason why is even though I really do want to stop drinking, like that's really in my heart. Like I just, I want to stop drinking because I have goals that I want to accomplish. And, you know, alcohol just really throws me off. And another thing is like, I don't want my kids to see me hungover the next day. And my oldest is turning seven and he's very aware. And I just remember growing up, like I never heard the words drunk or hungover. And, you know, we'll say that sometimes in my house, like, oh, I'm so hungover. And I I don't want my kids to remember their mom hungover on a Sunday because they went out on a Saturday, you know? And when I am hungover after a night out, I'm not productive. You know, I'm lazy and I'm ordering McDonald's and, you know, I don't do anything. And really the weekends are the times to have quality time with my kids. And, you know, a night out of drinking and being hungover the next day really doesn't support my goals that I have for my kids and who I want to be as a mom. So, but back to what I'm saying, I can't just cut out alcohol 100%. And I plan on doing it, but I really need to make slow and steady changes leading up to it in order to create a new lifestyle. And this is really what I did in order to lose the 70 pounds. It wasn't this like all or nothing thinking. It's really working up to it and really starting small and steady changes in order to support that long-term goal of stopping and quitting drinking altogether. So the first thing I'm going to do to start fresh with this whole drinking is I'm going to limit myself to only drinking one night a week. And this is really achievable for me. If you're someone that drinks seven days a week, maybe just start a new week with limiting yourself to three nights a week, you know, and then slowly going from there. But for me, only allowing myself one night a week to drink is very achievable for me. So I'm going to start there. I'm going to allow myself one night where I can drink. The second thing I'm going to do is 
I'm going to share my goal with my husband, where if we do go out for drinks with friends, I'm going to only allow myself to drink two drinks. And I'm getting that in my brain now so I can start practicing and I'm going to start telling my husband that, that I'm limiting myself to two drinks socially when we go out. And the way I plan on doing this is I've also realized that when I go out to drink, it's kind of like I need to just hold a cup in my hand because everyone else is holding a cup. But very rarely do people realize you don't have alcohol in your cup. Like that cup can be coffee and or water or whatever. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, hey, Allie, you can have two drinks when you go out with friends. And then I'm going to start getting in the habit of ordering water after those two drinks where I still have a drink in my hand, but it's not an alcoholic drink. The third thing I'm going to do is reevaluate who I hang out with. Because for me, I really think that my drinking really stems from social anxiety. You know, it's a way that I'm coping in order to fit in, I feel like. So I think I'm just going to really preserve who I hang out with and who I really want to surround myself with. Because at the end of the day, if your friends are pressuring you to drink when you've announced that you don't really want to drink or, you know, it's not doing good things for your life or you're struggling with it and your friends still saying, hey, come drink with us, then those aren't your friends. Those aren't your people. And I promise you there are people out there that will support that you don't drink or you don't really want to drink that much. So really evaluate who you're hanging out with and who is it that you want to be and if these people support that. So these are some of the goals that I'm setting myself with alcohol and the strategies that I'm going to start applying to my life to really just create that new lifestyle and work towards eliminating alcohol in my life. I really want to just constantly work on myself. And I think the way that you continue to work on yourself is to reevaluate where you are in your life. And I definitely think alcohol has just been such a negative thing in my life lately. And that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to share. Some of you might not even relate to what I just talked about because, you know, I really think there's people that can just have one or two glasses of wine and they're great. But I think for me, I am just very sensitive to alcohol and I definitely do have that personality where uh, it's hard for me to just get a grip on it. And I'm really working towards being, you know, the best version of myself physically, mentally, spiritually. I want to be the best mother I possibly can be, the best wife. And I just, I really don't want to have any regrets. And I think alcohol definitely opens doors for that. And it's just something that for me, it's not worth it. So that's where I'm starting with this whole alcohol thing. I know it's the holidays. For me, the holidays last year was definitely a time to drink. So I'm definitely being aware of, you know, those external things that happen in our life, like birthdays and Christmas, holidays, all those that will have more alcohol, you know, where I am prone to drink more. And I I just need to be more aware of it and have a game plan going into it. So really my game plan is to only drink one time a week, limit myself to two drinks when I do drink, tell my husband about it so he can help support and hold me accountable and really reevaluate who I am spending 
time with and if they will support me and my goals with alcohol. Also, I'm telling you people, order water when you're out. You know, I think there is definitely something about holding a glass when you're socially drinking and it doesn't matter if there's alcohol in it, order coffee, order out or water and you'll still feel part of it. All right, that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, if you have a weight loss goal or you want to create a new lifestyle for yourself, January 3rd, I have a diet bet challenge starting. If you lose 4% of your starting body weight, you will win the jackpot money along with whoever else follows through with that 4% weight loss goal. This is a great challenge to just get accountability, support, people share recipes, I share daily tips. It's a $35 buy-in, lose 4% of your starting body weight and you win jackpot money. If you're interested in that, please go to dietbet.com forward slash Alexandra. You can find me on Instagram at Alexandra Will and TikTok, of course. If you have any comments, you have any requests for future episodes, please feel free to message me on Instagram. And also, if you are interested in one-on-one online health coaching, go to investyourbestwithallyk.com, leave your email, and you will get notified as soon as we launch that service. I'll see you next time.